We are perfectly not normal. I'm Epi. And I'm Michaela. We love storytelling, so we have made this podcast a storytelling podcast. We invite different people with amazing stories and we give them the platform to share their life. We have learned so much from our past episodes and we're ready to learn more. Although our situation has changed on the way we record, we are still able to tell stories through Zoom. In this season, we're not able to record face-to-face, but through Zoom, it has allowed us to hear stories from all over the country. This is season three of Perfectly Not Normal. Welcome back to Perfectly Not Normal. This is another episode, another great story, another wonderful day in quarantine. How are you, Michaela? I'm, I'm good. I'm... It's been a long day, but I'm so excited for this episode. I've been looking forward to it all day, so it's what kept me going, and yeah, I'm excited. Honestly, same. I'm really excited to hear a new story, and I don't know, it's just kind of like, it's a good stopping point for me to just stop and just think about other people and other stories. I'm like, there's better stuff out there than my boredom at home, so (laughs) this is perfect. Yes. I'm excited. Yeah, and I've known this guest... We met like a year ago, literally right now, and um, we interned together. We were co-interns. It was so much fun. This guy is so talented. He sings at our, like sing, sing at our church all the time. He even does like still now. I loved seeing recently, We I saw like Snapchats of of, of us all, all of us interns watching him on the live stream since we're not actually going to church. But yeah, and so I'm so excited, and we're going to let him introduce himself and say his name, um, where he's at in life, um, what like major did he just graduate from, spoiler, congratulations, and um, what is his seventh favorite uh, worship song? Worship song. Okay. Seventh favorite, not first favorite. That's seven. actually a good one, okay. It's kind of like our trademark. Yeah, we do that every time. It's a little tricky, too. Everyone's just like, oh, I don't know, but it, it's fine. <laughs> so let's have our guest just take over. Okay, can you explain again what you want me to answer again? Just like, <laughs> be clear. <laughs> your name, what you're doing in life right now, and then your seventh favorite worship song. Yeah, so my name is Miles, um, and currently I am back home um, I'm from the Chicagoland area, and um, I am just finishing up school. Uh, so, like, I technically have, like, walked. I just have, like, one summer class left to take. It's a biology course. So I'm just finishing that up. Um, I should be finished very soon, um, and then I'll officially be graduated. And then, so I'm, I'm, I'll finish with a degree in what my school calls Christian caregiving and counseling with a minor in worship leadership. Um, and then you said my seventh favorite worship song, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, that is probably one of the hardest questions ever. <laughs> um, but I guess a song that comes to mind off the top of my head is What a Beautiful Name by Hillsong. The bridge always gets me. Mm classic true yeah so. i think kill songs also in my seventh yeah it's funny because we always do seventh because it's like it's not your first and you have to like think through a couple and then you're just like oh it's like not the worst but i like it yeah mm-hmm. and it's good because if it's about somebody else 
they'll never be offended because they won't know if they're the first ones or the last one. It's like, I'm okay with in between. <laughs> that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. <laughs> We're just going to throw it to you and let you start telling your story. Um, yeah. So um, my story begins, you know, here in the Chicagoland area. Um, I was born and raised here um, in the Midwest, in the suburbs. Uh, this was my life. Um, I am the product of two awesome, wonderful parents um, who have always had my best interests in mind, who have always wanted to see that I thrive. Um, and on top of that, um, I'm a church boy. I was born and raised in the church. Um, and when I was not in church, I went to a Christian K through 12 school, all, all K through 12, you know. So um, Christian culture was my norm my whole life um, and still is my norm. Um, it still is what, um, what I believe, what I follow. But growing up, you know, I just, as much as of Christian culture I was in, I just felt really different, you know. I, I just wasn't, quote unquote, normal. If the, if 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 for lack of a better term, um, I didn't have. Uh, I had a lot, I had friends. I I I was I was a good um, friend. It's just a lot of my male friends. I just didn't really click with. I didn't really resonate with. I didn't really. Um, how would you say it? Um, I guess I didn't really fit in. Um, and as a result, um, you know, as a lot of kids do, I, when you're different, I was just teased for it. And I just, at a young age, just, just really had a longing just to fit in and just really had a longing to, you know, just be, be a part of the group. And as, as I got older, you know, that, that longing progressed um, in even greater ways. And, and even with my own father, that longing was there um, just because um, I look back now and just, we just are different personality types, but at the time it just really felt like I just really wasn't even clicking with my own dad at a young age. Um, and that just, that just led me just to long for acceptance, um, with males to long for acceptance. And, um, in the fifth grade, um, I was introduced to pornography and, um, this is kind of where my, where my story kind of starts and where my story kind of takes off is, is, um, is in pornography. That's where I found a lot of my acceptance in the beginning. Uh, as crazy as it sounds, um, what I was feeling at the time, pornography portrayed and, um, it felt it felt right at everything. And, and I, f I fell into that, that trap at an early age in fifth grade. And, um, and then from there, um, that kind of just progressed into homosexual porn and um, that uh, even more so confirmed a lot within me or what I confirmed what I thought was right within me. Um, a lot of, a lot of my, um, in, in my early life. And from there, um, you know, I just got caught in that, that trap. I would be, I would, you know, but I, but at the same time, I also knew it was wrong. I knew it was very wrong. I knew that, um, that what I was feeling wasn't necessarily really what I wanted. Um, but I didn't really know how to combat it. So I just kind of accepted it. And, um, that just caused a lot of wrestling internally within me, um, uh, because, 
you know, I went to church and my parents, you know, they, they educated me on what was right and was wrong. But at the same time, something within me just felt so right. Um, uh, that created a lot of conflict between us. And I would just go through this cycle where like, I would like repent and like ask the Lord for forgiveness and everything because I knew it was wrong. But then I wouldn't really want to stop doing what I was doing. And I would just continually sin and continually fall back into that trap and, and everything. And um, I would just regress. But, um, and that kind of just encompassed a lot of my middle school and high school years on top of just trying to fit in, but while still trying to hide the secret, um, you know, that, that I, that I, I might be gay, that I, that I might actually like, like guys and everything. But um, fa- fasting, fast forwarding um, at, at, then at 16, my longing grew even deeper and I really had a desire to just act out on my desires. I was like, you know, porn no longer satisfied and I wanted to feel the love of a man. I wanted to know the love of a man in that way. And um, so, you know, I started pursuing relationships but at the end of the day, none of those things satisfied. None of those things filled the void within me. I was—I really had really high expectations that a human really could meet, um, especially someone uh, who could be—I could be in a relationship with. And I just was—I—I I still was feeling just as empty as I as I did when I was watching porn. But I—I I was so broken, so hurting, and so wanting acceptance that. I just continued in it. I, I didn't really know how to how to leave it or, or how to be done with it. So I just kind of just continued went through that continually went through that cycle of this is right, this is wrong, this is this is you know what have you, and um, and everything, and then um, you know I I enter into college and things are getting more real. You know, um, you know you're starting to find out who you are. You're 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 in a place where with other people who are doing the same thing and um and you know i just man i just uh just fell even deeper just because uh i just really didn't know what to do you know and and i wanted to i wanted to be a christ follower i i wanted to be a christian deep deep down but on the inside and in an even in a deeper sense i wanted you know to be gay and i and i, and I wanted um that relationship with with uh, with a man, um, a, a loving relationship in that way. But the deeper and deeper I went, the less and less fulfilled I got, um, the less and less happy I was. And um, I contemplated, you know, just, just what am I doing with my life? Like, 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 why am I here and everything? But again, I didn't really want to leave that lifestyle and the, the homosexual lifestyle. And um, I just got really reckless. I was like, okay, well, you know what, if I, if I can't find a relationship, um, I might as well just, just try to go, go at it for pleasure, you know, just use this as a, as a way to blow off steam, um, just with this internal struggle within me. And, um, and really that, that just kind of set me on a spiral and I got into drugs and I got into some, um, you know, to doing alcohol, drinking alcohol from time to time. Um, and, you know, just, just trying to fill that deeper cry of like wanting male acceptance, but seeking it in all the wrong ways. And then that led me to, um, a year and a half ago to be, um, diagnosed with HIV. 
I had been feeling for a while to go get tested because, um, you know, when you're sexually active um, in in um, a homosexual relationship, uh, it's important to be tested for your sexual health, um, just to just make sure that you're not getting any STDs or anything like that. Um, so I had been I had been overdue for a test. So I was feeling like I really should go and get a test for a while, but I had ignored it. I ignored it, but I finally listened. And in the summer of 2018, I was, um, the doctors confirmed that I had contracted HIV. And um, I, that was just one of the darkest moments of my life. I just really felt that there was no hope. Like I was, I was faced with the reality of my lifestyle and, and what I had done. I was, I was immediately shown by the Lord, like, hey, like, this is wrong, and you should definitely not be doing this, um, because I, I have better things for you, and in that moment, I, I, I heard the Lord just say that there is, there is peace um, and healing beyond this, if, if you would take a chance with me and let me step into your life, and, um, and you know, I, I took him up on that chance, you know, um, and three days later, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I will, I will follow you. Um, I will serve you. Um, even though I had made many altar calls and prayed the sinner's prayer many times, I I made the decision three days. I was like, okay, like I'm for real. Um, and everything, but I had to go through this refinement process. I had to go through this process, um, of, do you really want to be a Christ follower because this is what it, it means dying to yourself daily. It means, it means taking up your cross and following him. It means, it means refu- refusing something for a higher thing. And th- through this whole process, I had to, I had to answer those questions and it has been perfect. Um, I, I haven't by any means been, been perfect, but each day that question presents me and each day becomes sweeter and sweeter with the Lord. Um, I have found um, so much freedom in, um, in, in Christ and in not, um, living a homosexual lifestyle. I found, um, love and acceptance be beyond what I could, whatever, what I could imagine with the Lord, um, to the point where I no longer live for man's acceptance. I no longer live for, um, any human's acceptance. I just live for the Lord's because his acceptance is the perfect acceptance that I could ever want or need. And he, he's healed relationships with my friends and my family. He's given me men to, to, who have seen the worst parts of me and call me higher in these things. And he has, he has just exponentially just, just poured out his grace and his mercy on my life. And, and he, and he's spoken freedom into my life and, and, and I'm free, you know, um, I no longer have to have, have to do the things that I did to, to, to receive love and, I'm learning what it means to to have healthy masculinity and, and to be a man. Um, and I'm just eternally all I'm just eternally grateful to the Lord for what he's done for me in my life. You know, um, and it, you know, it, it there there are moments of temptation. There always will be moments of temptation, but knowing who goes before you and knowing who wants to lead you into temptation um has been the pinnacle for my life and has showed me really that. 
um, that this really isn't who I am and that, that I'm a son of living God and that, um, that I, that I hunger and thirst for righteousness and, um, yeah, uh, that my identity is rooted in him in that, um, no, nobody can take that away. Um, he is the one that I'm approved by. good yeah that was amazing that was a good story i have a few questions yeah we're just gonna jump in um so you said you grew up in a very christian home and everything Mm -hmm. um from what i know because i also did the same thing is the religion or like the christian family isn't that open to homosexuality and all of those practices all of that lifestyle how did you go about it with your family like did you tell them did they find out eventually did like, I want to know what you thought about all of that part. Yeah, um, it was very hard um, just because my, this is the first encounter my parents, you know, obviously it's me, my brother, and my brother didn't deal with this. Like, I, I, was, I was the first person to ever um, go through this that is so personal to them. And, and, and at the time, you know, it was very hard just because they, they had a view that, um, I now adhere to, but at the time it just didn't seem like they took into a lot of consideration of how I was feeling. But I look back now and I, and I, and I see, I see their heart and everything that they did. And while they, you know, they, they never threatened, they never threatened to kick me out. They never threatened to, you know, they, they, the, the things that a lot of people, um, whose parents find this out that happened to them, that was never, that never became a part of my life. And I'm eternally, I'm so grateful for that. But, um, you know, they, they found out just obviously through my, um, my, my viewing of pornography, you know, they, they, um, they, they, they saw what I was viewing and that, that's kind of how they found out. And then me acting on that even more, um, I couldn't hide things for long and I necessarily, I didn't necessarily come out to them. I didn't necessarily say this was who I was, um, I was just trying to get them to understand that I have these feelings and, and they feel right, but at the same time, they feel so wrong. Um, and I just, uh, I just called for love and support. And at times it didn't feel like that, but it always was there. It always was there. If that, if does that kind of answer your question or. Yeah. Cause I, I know like, I know some, some parents take this really well. and Some parents take this very, very not so well. Um, but my parents handled it very well. Um, and we, we've had several conversations, several healing conversations um, towards this. And they really, um, they brought a lot of clarity. And I got to bring a lot of clarity. And there was a lot of growth. Um, so That's awesome. What would you say to the parent that, maybe have found this out about maybe their kid and like wants to act in anger instead of love, you know, like what would you say to them? Yeah. Um, if, if, if these parents, you know, are Christians and they want to respond in anger, you know, I I would speak to them and I would, I would, I would say, you know, this is, this is your child. Um, and to, and to just consider the heart of the Lord, um, because in all actuality, the Lord still loves your child. The, the, the Lord still still loves you and, and still entrusts you to love them. And, and anger can always sometimes do more, more hurt than harm. 
Um, so I would say to the parent to really discern and ask the Lord for wisdom. How can I go about this? Um, but there are also a lot of resources out there. There is a ministry that I follow. It's, it's called His Way Out Ministries. Um, and they, they answer these types of questions. You know, what do you do when, when your child comes out as gay, but you don't necessarily believe with it? Um, and, and they, 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 they provide answers from, from a scriptural point of view, um, as well as, um, you know, a testimonial and psychological view. So I would just, I would just say to the parent, you know, just be patient. It's, it's not the end of the world, you know, and, um, always just commit to prayer, just commit to prayer, not necessarily to, to pray, to, to pray the gay way, if that, if that's the proper term, but to, but to ask the Lord, Lord, show me more, show, show my child more of you, that, that they might see you, um, and, and, and show them and show me how, how to continue to love them through this. Um, because at the end of the day, a, a child needs to know that their, that their parent loves and supports them and, 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 and everything, but a parent should not, um, you know, let the, let their child in a sense, parent them, you know, uh, the parent has to govern according to what, what, uh, they see as best fit. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you mentioned that, um, the parent kind of is a big part of the actual relationship with the kid and how they're about to transition into a different kind of lifestyle. Maybe they can kind of figure out who they are. I know a lot of people don't have that support. Like you said, you were incredibly lucky and I love that you acknowledge that as well. Um, My biggest thing is that sometimes, yes, the parents can be very supportive or be very loving and kind of show the way, but especially in a Christian home, the church gets involved a lot. And I personally have been exposed to a lot of different kinds of families, different kinds of relationships, different ways that the church can deal with it and like put quote. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I want to hear what you think about how the church can negatively affect a family or a situation or how positively they can respond to it because there's so many different ways. Yeah, that, that is the issue because not everybody's story is the same. Um, you know, my story is not the same as, as somebody else's story who has gone through this. Um, so it, it, it is kind of hard to answer just because there are so many sides to it. But I think what the church needs to remember is, is the commandment that Jesus gives us is to love the Lord your, your Lord, love the Lord your God with your everything and then love your neighbor as yourself. And there's, there's multiple ways to love, but they should remember that, you know, love is patient, love is kind, you know, it endures all things, it hopes for all things. And I think that, that it gets, it gets really negative when the church starts speaking out of, out of hate um, or out of ignorance. I, 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 I think that, um, you know, when, when you're, when you're out there and just telling people that, that they're going to hell, like that is not the way to, to remind somebody of the love of Christ. Um, because we, we know that the will of God is not for anybody to end up in hell, but people so sometimes choose that for themselves. And it's, it's our job as Christians to, to spread the gospel and remind people, not necessarily to just, not, not, not just to save them from hell, but, but to, but to let them know the love of the Lord. And, um, I think the church, uh, could, could work on that more and just in, in getting involved, like, like, like under trying to understand where they're coming from before we quote, before you could throw a bunch of scripture at them that they may or may not understand, get to, get to know the person at the core and walk with the Holy spirit 
in, in much prayer and in, in much discernment as to how to speak to that um, if you're so chosen for that because you can't you can't shame somebody into Christianity you can't shame somebody into believing that that this is the way that, that's not how Christ did it and that's not how we should do it either um, and I think not I'm not I'm not going to speak on behalf of all the church because not all of the church does this but the parts of the church that do do this um, I think they need to heed warning to to what the Bible says um, because um, you you shaming people and you and and you you just you just quoting scripture with, without even knowing a person or are you just writing off a person without even knowing them um, is not the way and in any way shape or form. That's well put. Yeah. Um, what, what about, so I've noticed in like personally from like watching, um, different generations and how different generations respond to this. Mm -hmm. Um, like personally, like older generations that I've watched respond with like a ton of just hate and it's just purely like it, they don't really like find any way to, when you wiggle room with it like in accepting and like the younger you go I've seen a lot more people I mean in our generation that you know what like I'm lo- I'm gonna love my neighbor and I'm going to show them that you know what they are a child of God no matter what which I think is beautiful um what about you like what have you seen um in your personal experience, like through different generations? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, in, in our parents' generations, you know, homosexuality was, was very taboo, you know, as in our generation, it, it's up in front and it's, it's out there. Like, 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 you know, um, before people were really secretive about it and now they really don't have to be. And I think, I think some people speak out of hate, but I think a lot of people just speak out of misunderstanding simply because they they have ha- they haven't had a ton of interaction with somebody who publicly decides to live this way and you know we're humans we get used to we get used to a certain way of living we get used to a certain type of structure and when something disrupts our structure sometimes that change can get kind of scary um and some people might even be just be speaking just out of fear just um just because they don't really know how this is going to affect them um but at the same time, this is the, this is the reality now. You know, pe- people are, are living this lifestyle, living the homosexual lifestyle um, or the LGBTQ lifestyle, whatever they identify as, in public. And I just think that where our generation and even the generation before us needs to learn is is to just just educate ourselves on 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 what. Uh, a person who says they're gay is like, because in all actuality, you know, they see they see their love as, as real and genuine. And th- those feelings are real, you know, they, they are real feelings. But um, we need to be able to remind them of that, that there's a greater that there's that there's a greater love out there that they, that they have yet to taste and see. Uh, but we can't even show them that if we don't seek to understand where they're coming from. And I, I myself, you. sorry, I was just saying that, you know, I myself am even growing in this area, you know, um, just learning more. And before, before I even speak, speak up, um, just learning more. I was just going to say that the way that you worded it was perfect because that's the way that I have decided, that I have decided to take it in. Um, Mm -hmm. I grew up Christian and my parents have always told me like, this is right. This is wrong. I've always had like that kind of, there's definitely more that we can consider right or wrong because life is changing. Like you said, it's all about, 
it's all about a misunderstanding. Like you said, my parents and the older generations weren't exposed to this. So they don't know how to react to it. They don't know how to take it. And they don't even necessarily have the resources to find out or like mm-hmm. see it in hand in hand, see it with their friends, their relatives and stuff. While our generation, we have more of an interaction with it. Like I'm able to see different things. It's become a normal thing. It's not a taboo anymore. It's very common. And so I have more of an understanding. It's like, mom, you don't understand or dad, this is different, you know? And I think that's a big thing that, the church right now, at least the churches that I have been able to kind of be with and kind of experience is that they're kind of run by older generations. And I get that, like the older people are in charge of it, but in the way they need to start realizing that time is different. Modern times are here. There should be younger generations having an input on how the church is run and how they're able to respond to different things because of exposure, because of what we have knowledge to and what we can find out what we've experienced you know mm-hmm. that's a big important thing about the church it's just a big misunderstanding and just families too and anyone yeah I think you just got to have to know how it all works or understand a person or where they're coming from rather than not knowing what it is and then immediately preach to them right yeah it's it's so easy to just like remain in ignorance is bliss it's so easy to remain in ignorance like if I want to talk to these people and share my story, I, I want to be able to listen to their story as well um, and hear where they're coming from. Try to answer questions to the best of my ability, but know that like I, I can't do a thing to change anybody. It's ultimately the Lord. And I just I just got to get out of myself first as well. Okay, so we're going to let Miles share a little bit more about what's on his heart for the future as he wants to be in a church and work in Christian ministry. So, yeah, let well, you can share more about that. Yeah, I, I, looking forward towards the future, I really have a heart for worship and I really have a heart just to, uh, just, just, just for musical worship. And I want to, um, I, I want to be a voice for the Lord and to help lead others into the presence of God um, through through musical worship. So that that is definitely my 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 hope for the future. Um, as as I as I work in the church and work for the Lord, is to just be um, that 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 vessel to connect people to the Lord, to be to be a catalyst. Um, for freedom for the Lord um, in the form of worship. So that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's one of the best things I, I'd say that I really love to do is just to like, just be, yeah, a connecting point for people because it's, it's not about me. It's, it's all for his glory. Um, you know, I use the voice that he gave me. I use the talent and the skill that he gave me to point others to him. Um, you know, as, as we eventually then spend time with the word corporately um, and everything. How do you see your testimony and your, and your past just kind of overlapping with what you want to do and how you want to minister, how you want to talk to other people and influence them? Yeah, I see my testimony as, as, um, as one, a, car, a conversation starter, as just a, a, a way to uh, start a conversation 
um, in in the local church or local churches just regarding um, you know homosexuality you know and, and I'm still learning too so I, I see it I see it as a moment not just to start a conversation but also a moment where where we could all just just learn together but I also see this the story as as a story to eventually you know impact other individuals in the lgbtq community who maybe may maybe may not be happy or, or maybe want to hear more or maybe want to um just just see just heed my words or or and heed my story and and see if if it's something that they want to do themselves um i i really want to um one day um when i'm ready uh to just be that voice to uh, help others who may not want to live in that lifestyle and pursue a Christian, pursue a Christian lifestyle, um, pursue it and know that there's, that there's hope in it um, if, they, if they so want it. Is there anything else you want to say um, on the podcast? Yeah, um, I guess I'd say that um, as Christians, we are known through our love. We need to make sure that that love is administered in the best way possible. We need to make sure that we are not just not just loving others, but also um, getting to know others in our love for them. That that we're not that we're not just blindly loving them, but that 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 we seek to understand. Yeah, that's that's all that that that's part of all that the Lord calls us to do. And I think that um, a lot of great things can happen when we allow the love of the Lord to be administered through us for others. Mm. That yeah, very true. And I really personally believe that like sharing stories and sharing testimonies um, is a great way to show love to others and be like, you know what, I've been there or I've walked through this and I get it. And you know what, God got me through. And like, this is what's got, like, this is exactly what God has done in my life. And God's going to do amazing things in your life. And so that's like why Epi and I love this podcast is because we're able to share those stories with others and be like, look, God is working and he's doing things and it's amazing. And we're just bystanders just watching God do this. And like there's nothing that we're doing that like literally could do any, we couldn't do anything without him. And yeah. And so thank you for sharing your story and being willing to be vo- open and vulnerable and being totally honest because it's going to make a huge different difference in somebody's lives and life. And it's, yeah, it's going to make an impact and God is using you already and he's going to continue to use you in other people's lives. So yeah, I'm just happy that you, I was able to be a part of it and watch you, watch you move, watch God move and use you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you guys so much for allowing me to share my story. Um, You know, I, I just, I pray it, it just continues to spark conversation. And I definitely think it will. Your story is very relatable to society right now. It's a great way to get people involved um, great way to start conversations, great way to inform people that there is love that is going to be so powerful between a human and Christ, you know, and mm-hmm. how that surpasses everything, even if you yeah. don't think it is. And I, like Michaela said, storytelling and testimony telling, all of that is very important because that's how people find out that there are people like themselves, like, oh my gosh, 
or somebody else who's going through this like I am or somebody that I know has a similar story to this other person and that is like you're being able to be connected and be united and you're able to kind of see that there is a bigger picture out there and there's hope mm-hmm. in everything that God can surpass anything at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That was so cool. Yes. I am I so love thankful that. for Miles and so thankful that he was able to share that. And yeah, it's going to do a lot of, it's going to do some amazing things. God's going to work for sure. And I really hope that people are able to hear this podcast episode and just learn a lot and just kind of be open to many ideas and just kind of seek out God in different ways. I think one of my favorite lines from the podcast right now was that prayer is one of the most important things. I don't, I'm not sure exactly how it was phrased, but I know that prayer is like crucial. And I think hopefully a lot of people are inspired to start praying more and start seeking out a deeper connection with God because it's literally just takes a lot of prayer and discipline to feel the way God wants us to feel, you know? Yep. Well put. So Epi, where can people find this podcast? This podcast can be found on any podcast platform. That could be Spotify. It could be Apple podcast. It could be Google podcast over. What's it called? Overcast. overcast. <laughs> I always forget overcast. Do people actually listen over overcast? I, I, I don't, but that's fine. I'm going to ask some people around. Be like, do you even listen? <laughs> you know, you can also find it on Anchor and everything. But Michaela, we also have social media, do we? Yeah, we do. You can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at perfectly.not.normal. Yep. And that's how you're able to find out whether we have new episodes or what they're about, who's in them, what kind of story we're about to tell. So, and every Friday, every Friday at 7 PM, we have new episodes and we're so excited to share this one. So hope you liked it and stay tuned because we have other awesome stories to come up. Awesome. Well, bye for now. Bye for now.